The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited today as we do what we do every time we get together, and that is explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, that space. You know, the word perfection comes to my mind just now when I said that, not even to my mind, I would say to my, to my gut area, I just felt like that's perfect, isn't it? Wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, just to live and to be in that space, we'll call it balance, amazing. So can you even imagine, I hope that you can, go on this journey with me and stay in this space together, living a life of peace every day. I'm here to tell you that yes, it is possible. Yes, you do deserve it. And yes, you can have a life of peace every day. You can choose and learn how to live in that space every day. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And today is no exception. We have a fabulous show today with an outstanding guest. I'm going to read his bio and then I'm gonna talk to you about a few things. I'm gonna bring him on. It is Dave the Mystic better known as Dave Barnett. He is an energy medicine practitioner, healer, and intuitive with over 35 years of experience in the Colorado area. He has multiple technical degrees and, get this, is truly a rocket scientist. You don't meet one of those every day down, do you? In the early 1980s, Dave had some turning points in his life that led to a passion in discovering and developing his gifts in multiple forms of energy healing. He embarked on a path of training in many modalities and developing conceptual understanding of how the different systems work, complement each other, and support spirituality. Dave has gifts in healing, reading Akashic records, energy and entity clearing, changing core beliefs, karma burning, and discerning spiritual gifts. Dave continuously seeks out new modalities, learns and experiences them from their practitioners, and frequently highlights these on his weekly web radio show. Dave the Mystic is a strong believer in health issues, having many potential causes in different energy planes. Dave works with many spiritual guides and communicates with them freely. I am super excited. Dave, welcome to the show. This is going to be an amazing show. We're so happy to have you. 
Well, thanks so much for having me on. I always like to spread the word out there and give people new ideas on how they can approach their own uh, their own healing and their own spirituality. So, yes. uh, a great opportunity. Thank you. You're so welcome. And we were saying just before the show started that uh, I've talked this topic with so many people. You all know that I work in the medical profession as a pharmacist for over 30 years. So, and uh, so I've talked to a lot of pharmacists about it, and I've talked to people in religious organizations about this show today because I believe that it is so necessary. Especially now, we're in we're in the middle of a pandemic. I hope we're in the middle towards the end, but one never knows, does one? So we're in this situation with this pandemic, and we got all of these things going on. But we always have things going on in the healthcare arena. There's always something going on that relates to people's health and and issues that occur sometimes that really can just weigh heavily on my heart anyway because as you watch people suffering and I'm thinking to myself is there anything more that we could be doing you know as a pharmacist my my expertise is in medicine right so I always tell people when you come into the hospital pharmacy touches every aspect of everything no one comes in here and stays for any length of time that is not getting some services in drug therapy whether it be just fluids or you're getting something in drug therapy and so and that me saying that leads me to this other point is knowing that I'm so grateful that we have all these medicines. I really am. But I know that there it's one layer of treatment. There are other layers to this healing process. As you and I were saying during the break, if one pill could do it, one pill would have done it by now, right? Oh, absolutely. So, so we know that there's room, there's room to explore. And for those of our listeners who who are maybe challenged with a health condition or know someone who's challenged with a health condition, I really encourage you to stay on for the entire show, to call in, talk with Dave as we go through the show together today. Um, call, call and, you know, text and communicate with your family and friends who may be interested in learning about energy healing and how it could supplement and enhance their life's journey. So um, with that being said, Dave, I gave a little introduction to you. And I got to tell you, and I told you before we came on the show, most of my coworkers were so excited to know <laughs> that you are a real rocket scientist <laughs> because you don't oh, meet absolutely. one of those every day. And I, and I want to say this, I'm talking a lot because I'm so excited to have you on here. I, I think that when I think of rocket scientists, I think of energy. I think of, you know, it's all energy. And it doesn't seem far-fetched in my mind, although it did to a lot of my colleagues that I talked to and some of my friends, but that you would be interested in energy work. Can you talk to us a little bit about the correlation for you, how you um, came to go from such a, what seems like a rigid type of science to um, studying energy healing? Sure. Um, well, I I discovered that uh, I wanted to be an electrical engineer in fifth grade, and I, I couldn't get enough of things. This was back in the 60s, and I was taking apart old TVs that people would give me, and I ended up building shortwave radio kits and ended up becoming a ham radio operator in junior high, and uh, I just couldn't get enough of electronics. It, it was a great time because that's when integrated circuits were showing up in the public domain other than aerospace where um, home 
home people, home hobbyists could get a hold of them. And I started learning about integrated circuits and transitioning out of the tube age. Uh, I still remember, I'm old enough, uh, going to the grocery store and testing the tubes out of your TV to see what you needed to replace. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of your listeners will probably can't even imagine that <laughs> these days, but uh, we did it when I was a kid. And uh, my, my mom... Uh, well, my dad was uh, both an engineer and an Episcopal priest. My parents divorced uh, when I was around 11. And uh, after my dad left, um, my mom just happened to go on a lark with a friend to have an astrology reading. And she thought it would be uh, almost like the newspapers where, oh, you're going to meet a, a tall, dark, handsome stranger if you're a Virgo this week. And uh, she had a very precise reading, very evidential. It, uh, the reader told her things like, I see you broke your left arm when you were five years old, and that was true. And she said, uh, you have a mole on your upper right thigh, and well, that was true. And my mom, being a very curious person and uh, very well educated, she had to find out how it works. So she and a neighbor lady went, and uh, for the rest of my life, my mom was an astrologer uh, as well as an artist. And I, during junior high and senior high, I was sort of the guinea pig in the household. My, my three older brothers all made great fun of my mother, but uh, I, I stuck in there. And so I was open to uh, psychic things and uh, different phenomena, uh, curious about it. But, uh, well, to move on, I, I, I went to Kansas State and got my bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. I went to Michigan and got my master's with a, a focus in bioengineering. So I had a lot of... Uh, chemistry and anatomy and physiology along the way and uh, got out of there and started working at General Motors. Uh, spent a couple years there in Michigan and decided I really wanted to get out of Michigan and General Motors and I went back to Wichita, Kansas where I grew up and uh, worked for Boeing and so that's where I started my aerospace career and after a couple years in Wichita I decided uh, I think I need to find something bigger uh, and Martin Marietta came through town interviewing in uh, 1981, and uh, they hired me to come out to Denver, and uh, Martin eventually merged with Lockheed and became Lockheed Martin, and so I was doing that. But uh, a big turning point for me was in 1983, I went back to my 10th high school reunion in Wichita, ran into an old friend um, who uh, asked if I'd become an electrical engineer like I expected, and I said, yeah. And he said, do you think it's possible to change things at a distance? And he kept beating around the bush, and I kept urging him, you know, come on, tell me, what's what's going on? And he said, well, I'd rather show you. So we went over to his house after the picnic, and the first thing we did was he walked me up to the house to where his electrical meter was, and uh, the electrical mirror had the wheel spinning inside, and, uh, and the wheel, the rate of the spin correlates to how much power you're using at any particular moment. And he said, well, do you see how fast the wheel's spinning? I said, yeah. And he, he points at it with his index finger and says, now, and it slowed by a third right then. And he said, I did this to my mother's house several months ago, and her bills are still lower. Uh, he proceeded to show me some other things he could do with his mind. Uh, he turned on a TV in the house, a little black and white TV, and put it on a channel that didn't have a station, so it was just snow. And he pointed at the TV and said, now, and he tuned in a station. Um, he, he showed me some things that he could change on his stereo. He was a disc jockey. And then we went out and uh, sat in his car, and it was idling. And he took his hands off the wheel, and the feet were near the pedals. This was 
uh, conventional ignition back in the 80s. And he pointed at it and he said, now. And uh, idle slowed down to the point where the car was stalling. And he said, I can stall other cars in traffic. Well, this is really getting my attention. And then we went to his radio station, and he ended up showing me that he could change the output power on a 50,000-watt FM station significantly. And all of these came together. It felt like the, the big hands of God came down and said, you're an electrical engineer, Dave. I'm going to give you a demonstration you can't ignore. And, and that's truly how I felt. And I came back to Denver, and I said, uh, I've got to really look into this. This is... Uh, uh, something that I've seen. I know it's not a fraud uh, because of my experience in electrical engineering. And so I started digging into it and I, I got involved in uh, energy healing. I got involved in psychic development. Um, I got involved with a group that was doing channeling of ascended masters. Um, also took meditation, meditation classes. And um, that really kicked it off for me and I really focused on the uh, the uh, energy medicine, energy healing, hands-on healing, that type of thing uh, from that point on. And then my, my job situation uh, moved around a little bit and I ended up doing consulting work for the Air Force uh, in 2003. And I had a four-year span where uh, the voice in my head said, well, you've got all the time you need, all the money you need, go learn everything you can about healing as, as if we're talking to each other. And uh, so I, I took this as direction of the, the creator, and I went and started learning and really digging into all of this and uh, ended up uh, learning about seven or eight different forms of uh, alternative healing. Uh, I went to acupuncture school briefly and decided that wasn't for me. I did two terms, so I got a good grounding in Chinese medicine. Um, I had two years of psychic mentoring from a Denver medium. and. Uh, gifts started showing up. One of them was being able to see past lives for people and and uh, really just sort of instantaneously get a download on them. Uh, I also found that um, I was shown how to go into the lower planes. I, I went into people's personal hells and sort of what I discovered, and you know, everybody's free to disagree, but what I found was um, there, there are no... Uh, objective hells. Uh, if you die and you believe in hell and you believe you belong there and you have a vision of what it looks like, the universe says yes and it'll put you into your, your own self-created hell. And you're there like until you finally say, hmm? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's just like in this conscious life. If you believe it and you concentrate on it, you're going to materialize that life for yourself. Yes, and absolutely. So, right, okay. So I, I was given an opportunity to learn how to get people to an understanding that uh, this was a self-created hell and it's time for them to get back to a spiritual plane, get back on track for their spiritual development. And so I learned how to do that. That ended up becoming a factor a couple of years later when I started doing energy and entity clearings. And uh, I found that it works fine for me to do it remotely. So I, I clear people and houses and business offices, uh, pets, all over the world. Um, so I, I do that all remotely. So all these, these gifts come together. They just keep coming together. And um, there's enough stuff that explains oddities in uh, quantum mechanics that uh, with my background, whether somebody has some concerns uh, on 
religious-wise or biology-wise or anatomy-wise or physics-wise uh, on how this stuff could happen, uh, I can usually talk to those people's viewpoints and help them understand and, and come up with a way to uh, allow that this is possible and to look for good results. Uh, now, the flip side is, you know, if somebody comes in my office and says, I'm looking for healing, and I say, okay, uh, I, I do these different forms of energy healing, this is what is suggested for you, and they say, well, you can try all you want, I, I don't think it's going to work, but, but go ahead and, and knock yourself out. Um, that's not a good way to start an appointment, and uh, we, we'd probably have to have a, a serious talk about whether or not they're a candidate for it, because if you absolutely believe that is bunk nonsense, uh, I probably can't override your, your free will and your subconscious core beliefs to uh, hopefully get a, a good outcome. It's just not going to happen. The same thing's true, though, if the doctor comes up and says, here's the latest and greatest drug for this, and uh, I want to give it to you, and you say, oh, wow, that, that comes from XYZ Drug Company. I don't trust any of their products. And doctor says, well, please try it. You say, well, I'll try it, but I don't think it will do anything. Yeah, it probably won't, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, so the, the mind is a powerful thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because um, you know, I, I oversee a chemo de- a portion of our hospital, and one of the things that we talk with the patients about is that, you know, having a a healthy mental disposition towards believing in your healing, right? Through whatever course yeah. you're here, you know, radi- radiation, chemotherapy, this process, your practitioner believing that, that healing is possible is a big part of the healing process. So you can have the best um, healthcare professionals and access to the absolute best healthcare, but if your belief is not there, then you're not moving all in the right direction. You've got your, your, it's a house divided and we know that that can't stand. So you do have to say, okay, I'm here. And if, if you can't stay wholeheartedly that you believe, you say, I'm open to receiving, you know, that I'm open. I'm not coming with a bias that, yeah, it's going to fail and, and then um, making prejudice on the situation and the outcome of the situation so very important. Well, I, I we're, today we're we're talking about the spiritual causes of disease, and I think yeah. that it's so important that we just lay a little groundwork. I know that we have listeners that are listening, and they really are wanting to know what are some of the spiritual causes that could lead to disease. So. Uh, I, I like to dive into that, but before we go there, I just want this crossed my mind because of some conversations with some listeners and our is that to know that energy healing is not new. It is something that has been around. I mean, it documented in biblical times in the Bible. There is a portion in the Bible, and it comes from Matthew seven seventeen twenty one. And I'm just going to paraphrase the whole experience. But Jesus and his disciples were walking along, and uh, there was a some parents or people who asked him to heal a man who kept falling down into the ground, into the water, just kept falling all the time. And I think the term they use is say, you know, he's a lunatic, but he just kept falling. And the disciples yeah. tried to heal the man and they couldn't. And so they turned to Jesus and the parents said, you know, why, why couldn't your disciples heal him? And the disciples wanted to know too. And Jesus was able to heal him. And, but Jesus responded and saying something, and I'm paraphrasing of course, but it was that, this type of situation requires prayer and fasting. And that uh-huh. fasting 
thing there is a switch in energy because we know that when we fast, we, we're not using the gut energy to digest food, right? So that energy that would be used for digesting food is now used to heal the body, right? So that's mm-hmm. energy healing. I mean, that really is what's happening. We don't think of it that way. We don't say, oh, why does fasting work? Well, we're giving the gut, we're letting the gut rest, right? And energy is being diverted from digestion to actually going and putting more energy on the healing. So these processes are something that, uh, I love how you say you studied this, you, you became knowledgeable in these areas because I do believe that there is a thought that, oh, you're you're born able to do these energy healings and there, there isn't any science behind it. When in fact, I don't, I think some people are predisposed to having a gift in this area, just like there are people who are predisposed uh-huh. to be really good at math, <laughs> right? But yeah. if you study, you can learn these techniques that I mentioned in your bio that you said, you know, you were very interested in these things and you went on to study. So I just like to put that out there for our listeners is that this is, there is science behind this and it's not new, probably a, has a lot more historical basis than a lot of our Western modalities. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, let me go ahead and give you uh, and and the listeners a very nice little way where you can try this on yourself for for energy uh, movement and healing. Um, There's a technique in a number of the the different forms of uh, energy healing called the pain siphon or the pain drain. Um, so here's what you would do. Well, let's pretend that you're, you've fallen and your left knee is really hurting, really smarting. Um, in, in a lot of the energy work, they view it as the left, left hand or left side of the body receives and the right hand or right side of the body gives. Uh, you intuitively do this many times if you're standing in a circle at church holding hands uh, in prayer about something you'll just almost intuitively turn your left hand up and your right hand down uh, to pass the energy around the circle. Um, So this pain drain, it's like you're making a siphon for energy. And if we say that your knee is hurting and it has congested energy, and that's why you're getting this pain and, and maybe swelling, if you put your left hand on that left knee, uh, so that the palm's against it, and then you point your right palm towards the earth, the earth is a, a nice net, natural uh, absorber for energies that are excess. And then you envision this energy from your knee, the congested energy, the pain energy, flowing into your left palm, up through your arm, across your shoulders, and out your right arm, and out your right hand into the earth. Um, you do that until it seems to be, uh, you just get a feeling of completeness uh, that is done. And then you take your right hand, which is the giving hand, put it on your left knee, and put your left palm up to the sky, which would be to the heavens, to the creator, and you see energy coming into your left hand and flowing again through your left arm, across your shoulders, through your right arm, and into your hand, into your knee, to help recharge that area with fresh, uncongested energy to help it. Uh, this is frequently very effective. Uh, it's a great tool to teach little kids. You know, they, they get lots of owies out there. They fall and stumble and uh, get banged up. Uh, it's a great way to show them self-care. Uh, it works great on headaches, but if you're doing the head, 
don't put energy back into the head. You may cause a headache to reflare. But if you're laying there in bed at night and you start to get a little bit of a tension headache, just put your left hand on your head where it hurts. Aim your right hand towards the ground and just view your arms like a siphon, pulling out that pain energy, that congested energy. And, and it's a great way to uh, experiment on your own for doing a little bit of uh, energy healing. Um, it, it works uh, so many times. Uh, uh, again, uh, I tell people, look, I, I have too many years as an engineer to uh, be in anything where I try it for years and it doesn't work and I keep trying. So uh, the stuff that I've stayed with and why I'm still involved with this, uh, it does work. It's effective. And it's effective uh, a pretty high percentage of the time, so I continue with it. Oh, I love that. And I love that science-based, evidence-based mind, right? That's that's uh -huh. me too. So, you know, I'm looking for the evidence. And once the evidence proves itself, then you realize, okay, we're on to something. So that's, and I like that. And I encourage our listeners to really do try that. That's a little self-healing. And we all could use that, you know, to learn to heal ourselves or at the very least participate, become a co-participant in the healing process. So yeah, I think I think that's great. And so we're talking about this, you know, the spiritual causes of disease. That there are some uh -huh. spiritual causes of disease. And you mentioned that you've studied a, a variety of healing modalities. What would you say um, are some of? So what, well, give us a list of what are some spiritual causes. Uh, and, and when you say, when it, I gotta tell you, when I hear the word spiritual causes, I'm thinking, well. That means that maybe it was something that we couldn't necessarily control. Maybe it's a past mm. life or something, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, the, the first part of this I'll say is um, I came up with this. I end up with a lot of clients where they say, I've tried everything else, so I might as well try you. You know, meaning I don't expect great things because everybody else has failed, which I find both amusing and troubling. Um, but when people have a condition and they've tried many different other techniques, whether it's Western medicine or alternative uh, healing, anything like that, and over and over these things don't have an effect on it, then to me it's time to step in with these uh, spiritual causes of disease to find out what is blocking other forms of treatment from having an effect. And so that's why I've developed this list over time, and I have about 15 different categories. I hear our yeah. um, It's time up. for the break, right? Time for the break. <laughs> that's a great place to come back for our listeners. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about this list of things that you have developed sure. to discover the blockage. This is Everyday Peace with our special guest, Dave Barnett. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to the show with our special guest, Dave the Mystic, a.k.a. Dave Barnett. Today we're talking about the spiritual causes for disease. Dave is an energy healer, and he's talking with us about a list that he's developed to help screen for uh, 
those cases where a person has tried many modalities, Western modalities, alternative modalities, and they're unable to get a resolution. Sometimes there's a blockage there. But before we continue with that, I want to just pick up our caller here. And hello, you're on the air with Dave the Mystic. Thank you for calling. Hi, how are you? Uh, good afternoon. I'd like to ask a question. Uh, what books would you recommend if someone was interested in doing that? And uh, what would be the path they would take to start this process? Uh, two things I would suggest is number one, uh, maybe uh, if you can send an email to me and in the in the subject line put book list. I would be happy to send you a detailed book list with many different categories of books that I would all I would you know gladly recommend. Uh, I've read them uh, multiple times and very strong, and uh, that would be helpful. The uh, the other thing is uh, one of my services that I provide is looking at spiritual gifts and doing a spiritual gift evaluation. I muscle test on your behalf in about 35 different areas of spiritual gifts uh, and capabilities. And then uh, as part of the session, then we talk about where you came out high and how you could develop those gifts if you want to move forward with them. So uh, two things there. Um, my my email is dbarnett, D-B-A-R-N-E-T-T, at holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, beliefs.com. So if you send me an email that says book list in the subject line, I'd be happy to send you the list. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank and, you. And thank you so, so much for listening, being an everyday peacemaker. We do have another caller, so we're going to go straight to that caller. Thank you for calling the Everyday Peace Show with our special guest today, Dave Barnett. Hello, uh, Dr. James. Another great show as usual. This is Tony, a regular. And I was calling because I wanted to know, you all were talking earlier in the show about, um, your guest was talking about um, how he learned or, or began to understand about mind control and so controlling things with your mind. And so what I wanted to know is, does he have any advice on how you can um, do your best with, to use your mind to keep to keep the focus on things that are positive, and so when those negative thoughts or or um, evil thoughts or bad thoughts, for lack of a better term, come in, you know, I know, you know, we were told to pray and meditate, but I wanted to know if he had some other kind of insight on how how best to to keep your mind focused on the positive and not the negative, regardless of the situation, because bad things are. Uh, negative things happen, but how do you stay focused on the positive of those situations via your mind? Yeah, I'll, sp I'll speak to, the, to you at, at several levels. Uh, number one is get used to the idea that when you look in the mirror and you see that image, uh, that is your vehicle for interacting with this planet. That is not the real you. The real you is a spiritual connection, a spiritual being, a spiritual entity. And regardless what happens to that physical body you see in the mirror, that spiritual entity goes on and continues learning and growing. So part of this is uh, being able to become objective about the life that we have here, about walking around. Um, I, some people, I, I just have to get them to stop and say, you know, things seem really bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're terrible. I said, are you worried about having air to breathe today? Well, no, no, of course not. Are you worried about having enough water to drink today to to, to stay alive? Well, no. Uh, do you have plenty of food today? Well, yeah. 
do, do you have shelter? You know, you're not going to be out in the cold tonight. Well, yeah, yeah, and you have clothes for protection. Yeah. I said, okay, so you got all the basics covered. So it's time to put things into a more realistic perspective that the, the stressors and the other issues for you, you, you have to put them in the balance about how do they affect you directly. Uh, but then the bigger picture is, okay, they aren't affecting you directly. How, how can you find opportunities to help other people on this? How can you stand up and be counted and take a moral stand on what you're going to do on this planet to uh, help others? Because we're all interconnected. And uh, I, I joke with people, one of the most selfish things you can do is to help somebody else because since you're connected to them, you're helping yourself. Uh, a lot of people lose that viewpoint. They, they, they lose that concept of oneness. And so uh, I, I think there's a, a major thing there of uh, essentially, you know, it goes back to the old thing, counting your blessings. Uh, we're, we're, we're so gifted in the United States compared to many areas in the world on uh, having access to the basics that uh, people get hung up on it. And it's like, wow, you know, just, just stand back and, and look, you know, you aren't going hungry, you aren't you aren't dying of thirst, uh, you aren't freezing to death. So since you aren't, how can you help other people who are in a worse situation than you? And you're going to get a lot of pleasure out of that when you start investing in that. Oh, I love those those answers. And and Tony, thank you for being a record caller. Um, I, I hope that that helps you to understand the question that you came in with in the resolution. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. And another great show, Dr. Jane. Oh, thank hey, you. Thank you for thank calling. You. Yeah, thank You're you welcome. for calling and being an everyday peacemaker. I appreciate that. And you, you talked about something, Dave, that I talk a lot about, too, is putting the focus on being of service and being thankful. And that really mm -hmm. does help to uh, to move those negative thoughts, because I think that's something that a lot of I mean, it, we're, we'll all be we're all human and we're all plagued with different things uh, that come into the thoughts and to the mindset of the human vehicle and but one great way to gently move those things is look for ways to become of service and um, become grateful for the things that we currently take for granted so I, I love mm -hmm. that so we're talking about these um, you're, just before the break you mentioned that you had developed a questionnaire form or a form to help discover whether or not people were blocked from healing. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, on this worksheet, I have a number of categories. I'll, I'll throw out some of them so people can see what they look like. Uh, one of them, uh, Edgar Casey, who is a fantastic uh, healer, he was called the Sleeping Prophet. He, he was very popular uh, before World War II, and he ended up uh, overexerting himself with all the people returning from World War II with severe injuries that he kind of wore himself out, and he, he passed away. But he, he went into a trance, and then he dictated cures for people, and these are all highly documented. Documented, They're still being researched by the Association for Research and Enlightenment, ARE, uh, which is in Virginia Beach. Um, but one of the things he warned about, and so I check with this on, on people as one of the possible uh, causes of why they're having health issues, is raising their vibrations faster than the body can assimilate. 
from Edgar Casey's point of view, he said, uh, if you go upwards too fast in your vibration, you have a possibility of damaging your nervous system, which can show up as other illnesses or issues in your body. And uh, I have seen this. Uh, we're in a position now, especially since 2012, when some major milestones were hit in uh, the 12-12-12, if people remember, uh, we really started zooming upwards on vibrations. And for some people, it is too much for their systems. And in some cases, uh, there's another possibility that some people prematurely uh, trigger the kundalini, the coiled serpent energy at the base of the spine in uh, Eastern religions. Uh, and they send that energy zooming up their spinal column. It activates all the chakras in a great and tremendous way and goes, goes ahead and opens up their crown chakra, which is where uh, you have sort of your communication with the divine. And if it opens it up radically and you aren't prepared for it and you don't have a mentor or guidance for it, it can end up um, uh, really stressing your system to the point that you, you end up with uh, physical illness or disease. And uh, so that's one of the things I check for. And when I find that in people, I try to help them get it under control so that these uh, excessive energies don't keep uh, hammering their systems. And then they can get back to a point of, of healing whatever was uh, caused by this imbalance. And so that's one example of things. And uh, it's one of those things that I don't care how many drugs you get. I don't care how many uh, Reiki sessions you have. If uh, the practitioner doesn't have a sensitivity or understanding of that particular cause, uh, they may never uh, get a healing effect with you uh, in helping you try to recover. So that, that's one example. Yeah, that, that makes, and I love that um, you mentioned that you can uh, energetically start to heal at too rapid of a pace. So that, I guess that your, your body isn't ready for that big jump. Instead of taking it in segments, going from this stair to that stair, you can jump multiple levels too quickly, which could possibly throw your body into a, some type of state of shock, for lack of a better mm -hmm. term. Okay, so we, so we got this, we got these, these diseases and we're talking today about the spiritual causes of these diseases. And so what, what role does maybe something like a past life, what would that play in, um, what, how would that pan out yeah. in a well, disease? Yeah, I, I, I truly uh, acknowledge and believe in uh, reincarnation. I've had meditation experiences where I've seen my own past lives. I've worked with other people's past lives. And I also believe that these past lives are still ongoing. They're not over and done with and in the, in the film can, so to speak. And therefore, they can continue to go through new life experiences. And since they're another aspect of yourself, sometimes these energies come through and affect you. And uh, I get it. an awful lot of people who have uh, knee and leg and hip injuries. And when I start checking on that, I find that they have a past life where maybe they were a soldier and uh, they were brutally injured uh, with a, you know, an axe or a hammer or a, a spear or something in, in their leg. And uh, I walk them through a, a script to repeat to release this connection to the past life and to forgive the person who did this to them in their other lifetime because there's uh, probably a karmic connection there that's affecting them. 
and uh, frequently that clears up some energy so now other healing techniques can work with them and in some cases as soon as we do go through the script they get instantaneous relief and, and it's like who to thunk it you know who to thought that how you were injured in a past life if you are open to that idea of reincarnation how you were injured uh, is coming through and that injury is affecting you again in this lifetime but I've seen it enough times I've worked with it uh, I'll say hundreds and hundreds of times uh, and a high percentage of them uh, it really does have a significant effect and a significant bearing on uh, the outcome of uh, whatever treatment is used to help relieve the symptoms right it, it makes it makes so I guess it's in layman's terms, sort of getting rid of that past life experience in your psyche or carrying it around in you. Mm-hmm. If there is such a thing, maybe it's just putting it to bed. Maybe you know, I don't know if you can get rid yeah. of your past life. But well, if we go back to the Bible, uh, they they tried to purge very strongly the Bible of any references to reincarnation, and this happened in the late 400s. Uh, but there's still a couple that slip through, and one in particular is one where Jesus asked his disciples, well, who do they say I am? And the disciples say, well, some say that you're Moses, and, and others said, some say you're Elijah. And it's like, where would they have the thought that Jesus could have been in a reincarnation of one of these other very important mm-hmm. biblical figures, unless that was still part of their culture? And given how close they were to uh, India, I'm sorry, not India, uh, Egypt with Alexandria, you know, a lot of the the religion at the time uh, in in Egypt was clearly in favor of reincarnation. And uh, then there's, you you had caravans and trade routes and things, and you had people coming back with stories and information uh, from India and other countries that had a uh, a long-standing centuries and centuries uh, of tradition of uh, reincarnation being a, a significant part along with karma and uh, so the disciples uh, through local information were probably aware of the concept of uh, reincarnation in past lives and that's why they they said what they did to Jesus so um, when I look at it yeah I do see that uh, past lives are still going on they're they're removed from us vibrationally somehow uh, so we think that we're standalone here our minds are blanked when we're born and come into this life but uh, these past lives can affect us and I think with our vibration going up in the past uh, 10 or 20 years it's happening much more now mm-hmm. yeah I-, I can see that now with that <clears throat> you also mentioned that you studied karma burning so this karma yes. you know karma i'm assuming having to do with something uh, maybe uh repayment for a past behavior yeah well i study. yeah I'll, I'll talk about karma i i, I love to um a lot of people have a, a simplistic view of karma that basically what goes around comes around you know as you treat other people you'll be treated and uh I would say to some degree that's true, I, but I, I deal with what I call big K karma and little K karma, and big K karma I would say, or capital K karma, is, is where you deliberately uh, really screwed up in a lifetime and you really harmed someone else, 
And in the traditional view, and I think this has been true up until recently, you could look forward to having some opportunities for learning, not punishment, but learning uh, on a spiritual basis to come into different lives that would be different aspects of the person who was harmed. So you might come in and be a victim in the same way that you victimize somebody else, but you might also come in and be the victim's mother who suffered the loss when her son was killed, or you might be the, the victim's sister, that type of thing. Uh, okay. I think we're vibrationally moving so fast now uh, and coming to, I'll say, some sort of spiritual conclusion where we're going to change vibrational levels that uh, the spiritual plane has pretty much acknowledged we don't have centuries and centuries and thousands and tens of thousands of years in front of us to keep playing out these different scenarios. And so we're, we're reaching a conclusion on karma. And so uh, what the karma burning does is I take a client through a guided meditation and in this guided meditation, I take them to a, a central place, a, a safe place that's uh, spiritually supported, where they sit in a circle with all of the other people from all their other lifetimes, where they've either harmed that person and have a linkage, or that person has harmed them and has a linkage. And then I go through a procedure to release all that karma. So by, by going through this process, uh, you're free of all karma for all lifetimes. So. That's not something bothering you. Now, I, I talked about small k karma. Small k karma to me is like those things on a report card as a kid where there are those columns where they check them and say, uh, does not raise his hand to talk in class, uh, uh, doesn't wash his hands often enough, things like that. Uh, little things to take care of. And I think as you go from lifetime to lifetime, you have sort of a background list of things that you still need to uh, fulfill or accomplish or get training in. And when they're deciding what opportunities you're going to have for another uh, incarnation, uh, they look at that list and try to match that up so you have more opportunities. So, so that kind of karma, uh, I won't say it's totally trivial, but it's at a much lower level and less significant than uh, what I call the, the big K karma. Right. Okay. And this one particularly, I, I got to tell you, is really interests me because I believe, in, and I'll say what it is first, changing core beliefs. To me, that's yes. a hot button right there because, as mm -hmm. I mentioned, we talk about that even in Western medicine. You come in for serious treatment. We talk about what your beliefs are about your treatment. What do you believe about the institution that's treating you? You, you listen, you read all those uh, surveys, and we really do take that stuff mm -hmm. to heart because there is a thought that your your core beliefs will determine the outcomes. Now, in yeah. alternative medicine, alternative healings, we know that. We know that. But I think also uh, traditional Western medicine is also beginning to glimpse some of that. Maybe not beginning it, but to be getting to say, yeah, we're looking for those core beliefs to know, um, to p kind of uh, uh, predict, if you will, based on data, what outcomes could possibly be, what what trends are. But changing a person's core beliefs, it now, is that something that someone could work at home doing? Could they, is that a form of meditation would help them to change their core beliefs to help uh Put them in a position well, this, to better receive healing? It, it does work on you if you've had some training in it. Uh, 
I, I had a, a couple levels of training in a system called Psy-K, which is working with subconscious core beliefs. And the way I was taught was that you, you muscle tested the client uh, so they would be on a massage table with their arm up in the air, and you would be uh, testing their arm to see uh, where they were weak or strong. And uh, in 2009, I quit doing it that way because I was starting to see more clients across a table, like at fairs or one-on-one uh, -on -one things in an office where I didn't have a table. And so I started muscle testing on my hand on their behalf. And um, I've gotten to be very fast and effective with muscle testing on accuracy and um, I can do this very fast for clients. And besides using a standard set of statements, I, uh, I can also intuit statements when I run out of the standard statements. And so I, I do a lot of work with this. You, uh, this kind of views that you, you have a, a little disk drive inside you that stores up all these rules to guide your life. And you pick up these rules starting in childhood, and some of them may even come from past lifetimes. And uh, they can affect your life in ways, especially as an adult, that you don't understand or appreciate. You you could be convinced as a child from some well-meaning relatives that, oh, kid, you never want to be rich. Rich people are unhappy. They have lawyers after them. Uh, they can never decide who their real friend is. You don't want to be rich. And you file that away. And you grow up to be an adult. You go to business school. You get a master's in marketing. And you go out. And you can't ever close a deal or make a sale because there's that little protective thing in you saying, hmm, if you close a sale, you're going to get a commission, and a commission would make you rich, and it's not safe for you to be rich or desirable. So we're going to change the energy around you. We're going to change your body language. We're going to uh, not allow this sale to go through. And as a consequence, you end up not being a successful salesman, even though you've had every type of class on it and everything says you should be able to go out and do it. Um, I find this on health. I find this in all different areas, relationships, uh, many, many different things. Um, think about all the core beliefs you pick up if you've been traumatized as a child through abuse and how that's going to affect you as an adult. Or uh, if you've had a, a severe uh, car accident and you were hospitalized and you had a lot of treatment, especially as a youngster, um, this can leave a lot of stuff in you that uh, needs to be removed because otherwise it's going to affect your life and, and how you react to new situations. And, and I and I totally believe that, and and I, and I this whole conversation is very fascinating for me on an intellectual level, a professional level, but also on a personal level because having been a person who struggled with health issues, um, knowing that there are other ways to get to a healing is so important. And I really want our listening audience to really get that is that there are. No one's asking you to abandon your traditional um, things, but this is something that could be additive that would really give you the boost, if you will, to get you to the next level of healing, the next level of pain-free. I know people who, you know, have suffered from pain, back pain, um, yeah. You know, uh, headaches for years and have been using the traditional treatments and something like this to me seems to be a very safe you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of things we didn't talk about reiki healing but I, I'm, I'm sure that's an energy healing as well there's a lot of different things here that offer alternatives to work along with or 
wherever you are on, on the spectrum, there's a lot of different things here. Dave, and we, we've got about three minutes left or so. And I, I want to stop here right now and, and give allow you to give your information so people can connect with you. You did mention that you do distance work. You know, I guess you can work with people over the telephone or, yeah. or Skype or Zoom. So if you could share that information for our listeners as well. Sure. Um, I would suggest listeners can go see my website. I have a lot of details, including some little video clips to explain things. It's www.davethemystic.com. Again, just one word, davethemystic.com. My phone number, if you want to call and uh, text or leave a message to get a hold of me, is 303-902-5323. And my email is dbarnett, D-B-A-R-N-E-T-T, at holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, beliefs.com. Any of those methods. uh, On my website, it has a a little mailbox where you can just fill out a little mail form there and send it to me if you want to contact me. And, uh, yeah, the vast majority of my work is long distance. I I work with people all over the place. I've been just as busy during this uh, stay-at-home stuff uh, because I do most of my work on the phone anyway. And um, something you'll find a lot of people saying about uh, metaphysical work, uh, vibrational work, is distance doesn't make a difference. And I I truly believe that's true. It's not like radio waves which get weaker as you get farther away. this stuff is a one-on-one uh, energy connection, and I find that it, it works uh, equally well at any distance, whether somebody's face-to-face with me or or they're in Australia. It doesn't matter. And that's so good to know. So we're, we're coming up to the top of the hour, and we're getting ready to um, have to say goodbye to this fascinating conversation. But I would like everyone to know that this is the Everyday Peace Show. We bring you the shows to partner with you to help you have a peaceful journey everyday peace every day for you for me and for all of us dave thank you so much for being our special guest today well thank you for having me on i really appreciate it thank you for listening to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.